Yeah, that's a blessing. That is a blessing. Give him another hand. Good job. Good job. All right. Uh, yes. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, happy Grandparents' Day. I didn't know it was Grandparents' Day until uh, I adopted me a grandchild. Now, the parents didn't ask me. I adopted me a grandchild. Where's my grandchild at that I adopted? Let's stand up up there. There's my boy there. I just adopted him myself. Right. I, t I talked to his father about it, and, and he don't mind me saying it. He said, is your father in this child's life? He said, no. I said, he got one now. Amen. 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 Right, Grandpa. All right. Uh, what we have been talking about, um, you remember, I was listening to Nick Saban, that's the coach of Alabama, and he brought Kobe Bryant in to talk to his team. And one of the things that stuck with me is Kobe Bryant said the thing that helped him most is when he played a game, he would edit himself. And he would look at the film from four to six hours, and he would edit himself. And we've been all talking about that, editing himself. You have to edit yourself. Uh, if we do it in a game, we ought to be able to do it in life. That's right. When the situation and the circumstance comes up, you ought to be able to edit yourself. When you edit yourself, then you'll figure out what you can do or what you shouldn't do to make it better. I was in a counseling session. I got to tell this. This is awesome. I was in a counseling session on Friday and this gent with this gentleman, and Sister Gwen came in. I wanted Sister Gwen to come in and deal with it. And she told that young man, she says, I want to tell you something that I've never told John. Gwen calls me John, that I've never told John. What he does, if anything goes wrong, he puts the whole blame on himself, and then he sorts it from there. Wasn't that sweet? That was a blessing. I never, she, all these years, she'd never told me that. This is what we have to do, folks. We have to be able to edit ourselves. That's right. I don't care what the situation, because once you edit yourself, you may find out you the problem. And then sometimes you'll find out somebody else the problem, which is a blessing. And so last week we done step five. We had to admit, right? Admit, submit, repent. And, and step five was we admit to God, ourselves, and another human being the exact nature of our wrong. And, and, and if you go to the first epistle of John, he tells us to confess our sins to one another. This right. is one of the things that, and I didn't know I was going to go to the next step, but maybe I guess God is saying since we have a recovery uh, group, nobody goes to it. He just do it on Sunday morning. So uh, a lot of people, <laughs> so we just, we'll, we'll do what we got to do because, you know, I'm that kind of guy because we all in recovery, whether we know it or not. But Preach. not everybody does, not everybody wants to admit, submit, and repent. Preach. But see, some of us in here, we want to be healed. Right. Isn't that right? We want to be healed so we can go on with a healthy life. You can't go on with a healthy life unless you understand what's wrong with you, right? You see, I went Friday and to my oncologist and, and the, the checkup, the blood work, and everything's excellent. That was a good thing. It's Friday, right. right? But I'm so, I'm still, I got to edit myself. They're editing with me to make sure that things are right in my life. So we're talking about spiritually, we need to know that there's too many uh, 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 broken people that need to be healed. I'm going to tell you something that breaks my heart. I don't know if you all heard this on the news. I think it's Olathe. Olathe, the suicide rate for young kids has doubled. Has doubled. 
Yeah, I mean, and these are the kids we think has got everything. There's something wrong in the, with us, not, not with, I ain't talking about the kids. There's something wrong with us that we haven't found some kind of way to help these people from quit taking their lives. And instead of pointing fingers on there where they got everything or pointing fingers on there, they're young, they live here, this zip code. No, we need to figure out how we can counsel these people and work with these people and, and so they can be healed of their brokenness. Right. Because we don't know where the broken is. They've been broke somewhere. Come on here. Come on here, sir, you see. And some of you in here know what I'm talking about, that you went through some things and, and, and you were broken. And, and your spirit was broken. You hear me talk about that all the time. And so what we want to do today is uh, we're going to talk about uh, the sixth step, all right? We're entirely ready to, to have God to remove, okay, these character, these defects of character. You want a happy life? You want some happy marriages? You want some happy friendships? Then there's some things that's going to have to be removed. There are some things that only God can move. Right. But if you are sick of being, some folks you say, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Well, if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, you ought to want to be healed. And so you ought to be at the point in your life where you say to yourself, I, I'm, I'm, I'm tired. And I want God to come remove all these defects of characters. And sometimes, yes, it's in me. I'm the problem. You see, I, I, and as I was telling that young man, and I'll tell all of you all, that you can't change nobody else. Come on. Come on. You can't change nobody else. That's right. But you can change yourself with the help of the Holy Spirit. That's right. And so, uh, and I want to tell all of you in here, since you didn't know it, we all got some issues. All right? That's right. And so this is why we're here. The problem is we need help. We need assistance, right? Uh, we have friends, uh, Sister Carissa. We got friends. They can help us so far. But then we have to help somebody help us the rest of the way. Right. When, when Jesus went into the Garden of Gethsemane, he took, he took three people with him, didn't he? Right. Took some left here and he took three more with him. Because you can't get by, never get by yourself, you see. But though, even the people who love you, come on here. Even the people who love you, they can only walk so far with you. you got to, some, then you got to go on your own, and it's going to be you and the Holy Spirit to work this thing out. Right. Does that make sense? Right. And so uh, uh, we, we, we want to be real over here. We ain't afraid to face. We got issues over here. <laughs> and anybody's life is good, we want it better. Isn't that right? We're trying to do it better. So we're not afraid to edit ourselves. I got a lot of coaches in here that can use that for their teams. You play a bad game, edit yourself. You play a good game, you edit yourself so you can play a better game next time. That's right. right? This is in our life. If you're living a good life, you want to edit yourself because you want to live a better life. So, so this is good stuff that we're talking about here. And then when you find, don't be a coward, when you find and God shows you uh, uh, these defects of character, be willing to allow him to come into your life, okay? To come into your life to assist you into making these changes. You see, I know we got some married couples in here and some people in relationships in here. You ought to do that with your relationships. Some, I know all y'all do that, but this is my job, all right? I, I know that every now and then y'all get together and ask how things are going in the family. Don't say amen. Let's, don't lie now. Just don't say nothing, all right? If you say amen, you say I'm doing it. But I know you all do that. You sit down and, and you ask each other, uh, uh, how's things going? Uh, uh, how am I treating you all? What's going on here? You see, because you got to edit your marriage. Right. <laughs> you see, uh, you got to do that and find out what's going on because you want it better, right? Because, see, you, hey, you remember, I'm treating Gwen real nice. 
because I don't know, if I had to go to one of them homes, I wanted to be there taking care of me, right? That's right. So I ain't trying to do nothing. Hey, That's right. you see, so what we got to do is, so, is, so I only, I'm talking to these people in there. Come on, recovery people, say amen. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all got to help me because some of these folks are scared up in here. All right, <laughs> you see, yeah, I want, I want God to move the defects of character. Guess what? I want to help everybody out. Do you want to feel comfortable in here? All of you got some. That's right. All right, so we're in the right place today because we want, we got some defects of character, but we're not afraid to deal with them, but we need help. That's right. Now, God would know, wouldn't God know that we have emotional problems? Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't God know that, that we would have some emotional problems? Wouldn't he know that we would need some assistance in some areas where our hearts have been broken and our spirits have been wounded? Wouldn't God know that? All right, so if he knew that, he would tell the old prophets that, that if you keep waiting, I'm going to send somebody that can do that. That's right. Come on here with me, all right? Say amen to that. And so we're coming from Isaiah 11, 1 through 4 from the message, and I want you to understand Isaiah was a prophet, and a prophet prophesies the future, and uh, we, we're looking, some people are still looking for this, but we're going to find if we need to look for it, or is it already here? Here we go. Isaiah talks about healing this way. It says in verse 1, a green shoot will sprout from Jesse's stump. And so when you read the Bible, sometimes it'll say the, the root of Jesse, that the Messiah will come through the root of Jesse. Say that, the root of Jesse. The, the, the Old Testament tells us that the Messiah, all right, the deliverer, the Messiah, will be the root of Jesse. And see, that, that part of being the, the anointed one would come through the root of Jesse. Now listen here. Buddha never said he was the anointed one. Muhammad never said he was the anointed one. Those guys never said they were the anointed ones, and they never said they were the Messiah, did they? No, that's no the answer. They never said that, right? But God knew that we needed that, right? He needed that we, we, we need some help back there in the Old Testament, right? Here we go. It says, from his roots, a budding branch. Mm -hmm. The life-giving spirit of God will hover over him. All right, there's going to be someone that's going to be birthed, a prophet, that's going to have the life-giving spirit will hover over him. God is going to give him the, that, that spirit, life-giving spirit. That, 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 should, that is very powerful what I'm talking about. The life-giving, I mean, spirit of God will hover over him, meaning God will hover over him and be connected with him. All right? The spirit that brings wisdom and understanding. And the spirit that, that's going to come, he's a prophet, he's prophesied, is going to bring uh, a wisdom and what? An understanding. And above all that, Giddings, get what? An get an understanding. Do not forsake what? Wisdom. Right? So these are the things that, that were lacking because if they had him, God wouldn't have told them that this person was coming to give it to him. Right? And so in my life, there's been times in my life, maybe in your life, where you needed that wisdom and that understanding, and it wasn't there because you weren't saved or you weren't in the place where you could get it. Amen. All right? It goes on to say, the spirit that gives direction and builds strength. Right, and, and God knew that we would need some spiritual direction. Yeah, yeah you know, because some come on, my, my, my recovery people know what I'm talking about. We need some spiritual direction. And we need some strength. You can't make it through life on your own strength. That's right. If you, That's right. Let me tell you, if you haven't been knocked to your knees, you keep living. You keep, you're, you know, everybody thinks, well, I'm good, but you can't be good when you got people around you because some of them ain't good. That's right. And you connected with them people, right? You see, you, you know, I have never broke my heart. 
but I've had a broken heart. Come on. Come on here. Somebody knows something I'm talking about. Say amen to that. Right, right. You understand? You can be all right, but people around you ain't all right, and that affects your life. That's right. Does that make sense? You see, and you all got these little babies. Keep living. You'll know what I'm talking about. Right? You see? Right? When you, you were raised up in church. You know better. Why would you get yourself in this situation, in this circumstance? That's what I'm talking about. Life's going to do that to you. Right? So there's sometimes, brother, I want to read that again. Sometimes, brother Nathan, I know I do it myself. I need some direction. Direction how to Listen, the spirit that gives direction, the, the spirit is coming from this person that's going to give me some direction. I need direction how to be a husband. I need direction how to be a father, a grandfather, a pastor, a friend. I need direction. I need direction. And then sometimes I get weak and I need strength. All right? Let me tell you something. Uh, if you're a good parent, a good husband, a good wife, a good mother, good father, a good friend, there's going to be some times you're going to get weak because they're going to drain you. Uh, somebody, y'all living some good life. They're going to drain you. So sometimes I have to say, God, give me some direction, Lord. And give, when he gives me the direction, I have to ask him to give me the strength. Give me the strength to follow the path that he has set before me. That's right. That's Do right. you understand that? Well, some of you have never had it before. Here, and somebody here can say, only the people know I'm talking about say, man, it is. You done raised your children, and you done done a good job, and you're so glad they're gone, and then you come up with a grandchild. <laughs> come on here what I'm talking about, right? Come on here what I'm talking about. You see, you never, I'm telling and you're going to say, Lord, you want me to do this. Give me strength. You see, uh, 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 I'll use my daughter. My daughter's 38 years old. Okay, she was 38 years old. She couldn't get pregnant. She had a third. Uh, she's got a 13-year-old now, and one getting ready to 18. And she couldn't get pregnant. She got a four-year-old. <laughs> they call them oops. <laughs> she was she was almost mad at the doctor, right? And you know, having a baby at 38 ain't no joke. Right? But here now, so she's got to start all over again and I'm, give me some direction and give me strength so I do not choke the life out of this child. <laughs> Come on, somebody knows what I'm talking about in here. Somebody knows what I'm talking about in here. Right? So we know that we, this is life. If the Bible's not going to help us in our everyday life and church is not going to help us to deal with life's issues, what are we coming up in here for? That's right. You have no clue what's ahead for you. But you know who you need to help you. So God, is, God the Father in the Old Testament told the prophet, like I'm prophesizing to you all, that there is a spirit. There's someone coming that will give you direction and help build strength. And it says build strength. That's right. Anything that says build means continue. That's right. That's right. Say continue. Continue. All right. The same life-giving spirit is the spirit that instills knowledge and fear of God. It, it gives me the knowledge and fear of God. I need knowledge. Because, see, sometimes you think you know everything, and then something will come up, you have no clue. I need knowledge and always fear the Lord. Now, when the Bible says fear the Lord, it means in reference of him. That's right. In reference of him, all right? It says the fear of God will be all his joy and delight. And this person is coming uh, the, the, to teach us to fear God is going to be his joy and delight. Delight, Okay. He won't judge by appearances. And thank God. Say that. Thank God. We think this ain't no beauty contest when it comes to him. He's not going to judge by appearances. And thank God that he doesn't only judge by, he ain't going to judge by appearances. He's not going to judge by zip code. He's not going to judge by race. Come on. He's not going to judge by gender. Come on. 
Thank God for that. Do you understand that? You see, I love God, and I love the spirit that God gave me. Everybody knows that down on Prospect and Linwood, there was a shooting in this new store they had down there. And, and, you know, and it's a beautiful store. These people invested in that store, invested money in that store. And I didn't want uh, people to think that, hey, what, no, we can, we can do that and do better. And yesterday, where did I do my shopping at yesterday? I live in Gladstone. I went right on down there and, and, and put some money in there. Ain't no need to protest. Don't you? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, right, right. I went down there. You want to protest something, put some money in there and let people know you can't stop us. That's right. You ain't going to do this to my neighborhood. You see what I'm saying? God would do that. Jesus would do that. You tell me Jesus wouldn't go on Prospect? He ain't going to go on Linwood? He'll go, he'll go where he's needed. That's right. To give them some direction. Of course, they got security down there now. To give them some direction and give them some strength. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So this is what y'all's pastor's about. Don't be running off at the mouth and not doing nothing. If somebody would have seen me, well, pastor doesn't live down here. Yeah, he does. Come on. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? So, so you don't want a pastor that just talks it and don't do it, right? That's right. Come in here. So God gave me the strength, and he gave me the wisdom and the direction, and he, he directed me to go there. And I went there and spent some money there and was proud to be there and was glad to see what, what could be the possibilities of those young people working in that store. And, and I would talk to them, and they'd say, yes, sir, you go over there, because I, I tried to find, well, you know, them, them vegetables. I was in the wrong aisle. Beautiful young lady, sister, uh, directed me. And another young man, I needed something else. Yes, down there. And I was glad to see that. God give me the strength and give me the will and give me the desire to make a better place no matter what that zip code is. That's Say right. amen to that. That's right. All right. Here we go. All right. Again, he won't judge by appearances, won't decide on the basis of hearsay. And, and if he doesn't, why do you? If he doesn't, why do you? Come on. All right. He'll judge the needy by what is right. He's going to judge the needy by what is right. Just because a person is needy don't mean they wrong. That's right. Circumstance. There are some good people that's been bad, put in some bad circumstances and situation. Do you understand what I'm saying is? Some folk live there because they haven't, they haven't had a help to find a way out of that. You see, God doesn't judge that. The same God that goes up, is, I don't know if he's in the White House or not, but anyway, let me go someplace else. The same God is in the church is the same God. Is some, you know, he goes, where, he goes where he's needed to be. But the thing of it is, is you got to repent. You have to repent, people. You have to repent, and, and you have to admit, submit, and repent, and say, Lord, I want you to walk with me. Come on. We need it. Remember that song, walk with me, Lord, walk with me while I'm on this way. No, you got to mean that. Now, some of us, he can't walk with us, like me and DJ and, and some of the couple. He need to walk in us. He got to walk in us. He walk with us. We might do this here. <laughs> yeah, he had to be pulling us like a little kid, you know, and getting, so you better get back over here. So it's safe for him to walk within me. Come on here. That's right. I feel good about this message because we are not afraid to admit our defects of character in here. Because we want to be better, and we don't mind editing ourselves. We will edit ourselves because we want to be 100%. That's our goal. It, the Bible says, be ye perfect as your Father is in heaven. Doesn't it not say that? And the other one said, you see what I'm saying? And so that's what we're striving for, perfection. We're striving for perfection as men and women in this church. Isn't that right? And, and we want to be God men and God women in this church, right? And we are not afraid to admit that we have some character flaws in our lives and we want them removed so we can be more like Christ. That's right. Amen to that. Amen. All right.
Now let's see what the New Testament says in Luke chapter 4, and I'm going to read the King James Version, beginning with verse 14. Now this is what you need to hear. He said somebody was coming that was going to give us this. All right, here we go. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there he went out, a fame of him through all the region round about. So Jesus, uh, you know, he, he just came back, and he had been going around, and, and uh, you know, he dealing with folks. And so he's, and we're going to the story. Almost said something that he wouldn't say. That's all right. Keep it real. <laughs> it says, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. Now, listen to me. Jesus taught in the church. Y'all know that, right? They called it the synagogue there. Now, let me tell you, the body of Christ is the church. But God sanctified and consecrated the building, which we call the church, for us to be able to worship and praise him in. That's right. And that's why we need to be careful how we enter his sanctuary, the attitude we wear. And sometimes right. people wear the wrong clothes. Listen to me. I ain't talking material. Come on, make it real. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? I'm talking about that thing called attitude. That's right. All right. It says in verse 16 that he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and stood up to read. So J Jesus was going to church. We'll say church today. And, and he stood up to read. So Jesus knew the Old Testament. Because he read the Old Testament. And he was familiar with the Old Testament. So Jesus read, I'm going to use this today's term. He read the Bible. Old Testament, I'm using that, right? So he just didn't sit at home on Sunday. Or Sabbath day, excuse me. He went where? Church. He went to church. With church folk. He fellowshiped with them. And he talked with them. Right? And you know who's there. There were some real hypocrites up in that church. He was to get well. to, right? Right. But he went and read the Bible and talked with them, right? It said, And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. Oh, they delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. We just read something from Isaiah, didn't we? Okay. Jesus reading the same thing we were reading. All right. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And he found this place where it was written. I know he's excited about it. I'm excited about it too. Here we go. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Wait a minute. Jesus said, and the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And you know, when the Spirit of that, and that's, that's Old Testament talk also, and the Spirit of the Lord was upon me. This is Jesus talking. Jesus says, and the Spirit of the Lord is on me. And what else? Because he hath a and, excuse me, anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And, and he, Jesus says he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. One of the problems that we have now, there's too many people preaching that ain't anointed. That's right. And if it ain't anointed, it ain't effective. You know what I'm saying? We got some great performances going on. Yeah, but when the gospel, is, when you preach it, it's anointed. Now, isn't that something? Jesus wouldn't preach it until he was anointed, but we got folks that just go. Many are called, but few, few are what? Chosen. That's the anointed ones, right? All right, so Jesus is saying when the, the anointed was upon him to preach to the poor. So that means to me is that the anointed ain't upon you, you probably ought to just sit down. This makes sense to me, all right? He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. So wait a minute, people, I want to talk to you. God sent Jesus Christ to heal the brokenhearted. So he knew he was going to have emotional problems. He knew our hearts were going to be broken. 
Do you understand that? There's nothing wrong with that. That's part of life. God, was in, God in his wisdom knew that some of us would be brokenhearted and some of us would be bruised and wounded. We'll get into that, but brokenhearted. And some of you sitting in here know what I'm talking about. We ought to be tired of our people. I'm talking about this suicide thing driving me crazy. I'm watching young people that's got a life ahead of them and we're not doing anything about it and preachers are afraid to talk about it. I'm not afraid to talk about it. There are too many brokenhearted people around us. Come on here. And how can you say you got the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit has got a spirit called discerning and you're looking at somebody in your household and you don't know that they're broken. That don't make no sense to me. Let me tell you something. Parents, how can you not know that your child has his heart broken or her heart broken? That's right. Do you understand? Come on, man. Man up. How can you not know that your wife's heart's broken? Come on. Yeah. You know, something's happened that's broke their heart. You see? Am I doing all right? Okay. Sometimes I wonder if y'all know I'm talking to you all or not. Okay. All right. So he knew about the broken heart. What is broken heart? And some of us know what I'm, know what I'm talking about. Okay. Here we go. Have you been overwhelmed by grief? Overwhelmed by grief. Sometimes things are tough. Tough. I tell people all the time, you know, everything is good. Wait till you hit that graveyard. When you lose somebody you love. That's tough. That doctor tell you something you don't want to hear. It, it just grieves you. Or you have a child, and some of you went through this, you have a child that just went berserk. Do you understand what I'm saying? And someone walks in the house and says, I want a divorce. That's life. That's right. That's life. And, right. it, and, and you get overwhelmed by grief. And what else? Disappointed and despair. And sometimes you get so disappointed you have that despair in your spirit. Do you understand what I'm saying? You ever just look and somebody just disappoints you? You see? Or you ever get disappointed in yourself? Yeah. You've done something, you just, I'm, I'm just, what, what was I thinking? Well, you really weren't. What was I doing? You understand? But that's life. That's life, and it breaks your heart. All right? Brokenhearted is also... Crushed by sorrow. Just crushed. Miserable. Just, have you just been just crushed? You get that telephone call. You get that news. And you're just crushed. You see? You see, just like life, you know? And I've heard it, and I've been on the other side of it. When someone says, I'm pregnant. And you, yeah, and it crushes you as a parent. Education out the door. Who's going to take care of the child? Young man doesn't know what to do. This is life. That's right. And if you ain't ready for it, it'll break you. You see, people who get laid off ain't ready to be laid off. Folks that get cancer ain't ready to deal with cancer. Folks that have heart conditions ain't ready to deal with heart condition. You see what I'm saying? All right. And it'll crush you. And it'll make you miserable. And if you're not careful, it'll go, it'll go into, you'll be depressed. And so I've, I've been, time, been there Come on. Come on. where I've been depressed. Come you on. see, I'm laying up in this hospital and they can't find out what's wrong. It depresses you. Do you understand what I'm saying? And it can damage you people. Come on. And it can damage you to the part that some people can't handle it and they don't want to live. Teach. Teach. They're broken hearted. And medication won't help it because it's too deep for that. It's down into their spirit and into their heart. And they ain't got no medication that can heal a broken heart. Only Jesus can heal a broken heart. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
All right. What Pastor's saying is that they've given up all hope. They're emotionally damaged. They're emotionally damaged. And, and this is what we're talking about here, emotionally damaged. Quit trying to be a Christian. Quit trying to, the Lord will fix it. Some people need help. That's right. Some people need help. They're emotionally damaged. And they've been living with it a long, long time. You see, you understand it when you say, well, just trust in the Lord. They trust in the Lord. They say, but they're still emotionally damaged. You see, but they got to, you see, so sometimes God sends to us people to help and guide us through the process of getting healed. Do you understand what I'm saying? Can God use a doctor? Right. Can God use medicine? That's right. Then he can use a psychologist. That's right. Are you with me? All right. Emotionally damaged is psychological or emotional trauma. And I'm not afraid to talk about that. You don't know what somebody's been through. You don't know the damage that's been done to it. You're trying to tell somebody's been abused and raped, well, you'll be okay. Can I say it? Have you lost your mind? You have no clue what these people are going through. They're emotionally damaged, right? All right? And the church is sometimes is the worst thing, and it comes from the pulpit. That's right. Because people are afraid to cry out because they don't want anybody to make fun of them, and they feel that they can't trust any of them. But if Jesus Christ can heal the brokenhearted, he understands that they're brokenhearted. What's wrong with us? That's right. All right? All right. Let me catch my breath. Go ahead and read, please. It's damage or injury to one's psyche. It, it damages it, the psyche. If they could, they would do better. They're imprisoned by that thing that happened to them years ago. And it damaged them. Instead of saying somebody's acting a fool, try to find out what's behind the acting. Come on here. Say amen to that. All right. It causes challenges in functioning or coping. When emotionally damaged, a person can experience these things always on edge. Anger. Always on edge. If somebody's on, on edge, well, you're always on edge. No, it's Holy Spirit lead and guide me, discern to me. My sister is on edge a little bit. Give me the, remember, give me the knowledge and direction of how to deal with that. My husband's angry all the time. God, give me the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to help figure out what his anger's from, and maybe I can help him and lead and guide him and walk with him to where he can get the help that he needs. You see, people that are in addictions don't want to be there. It's a, they got, they're angry sometimes trying to fight. That every day they get up, they got to fight that. You understand? And then sometimes they're angry because don't nobody understand them. If I don't need you, I need you to love me. The next step, I want you to understand me. All right? I don't need you to counsel me and to preach to me. I need you to walk beside me and love me and care for me. Lead me and guide me. Let me confess my sins without you criticizing me. Come on. Come on here. All right? An emotionally damaged person can have low self-esteem, anxiety. So if a person's got a low self-esteem, they, they weren't born that way. You ain't born with anxiety. That's right. All right? Substance. Am I acting like I'm mad? I am upset. Because people are killing themselves and people are dying. And we got people setting up in church and we act like we're scared to approach these people. Jesus wasn't. That's right. So we ain't. And you shouldn't be in Christ's temple north and be afraid to step up. Because, you know, 
I'm like Jesus. He who has not sinned, throw the first stone. Come on. All right. They can have substance abuse, isolation. These are the things that they do to medicate themselves. Why are you drinking? I'm hurting. You see? Why have you had this attitude towards people? I was hurt, bruised, wounded, broken, and I live in despair. I live in pain. That's why I medicate myself. That's why I medicate myself. Do you know why I'm, I'm on, uh, uh, they, gave, they gave me medication. I look great. I feel great. But you know I'm taking that medication so I can keep still and feeling great, right? That's right. Well, people need spiritual medication. That's right. <laughs> yeah, right, you see? You understand? Ain't nothing wrong with being, we all come from somewhere. Just admit it. All right, I have no clue where. I got you. All righty. <laughs> and not trusting of others. And that's a bad place to be. That's a bad place to be. Because you're going to have to trust somebody. You've got to trust somebody. I think they call them sponsors. Is that what they call them? That's right. You better have your spiritual sponsor. Because sooner or later, you're going to have to trust somebody. That's right. And then you're crazy if God doesn't know you need somebody and he won't send somebody to you. Yeah. Oh, God will supply me, supply me of my every need. But I don't want nobody to know. Come on. You need somebody. That's right. To walk with you through your journey in life. All right. The good news is, church, people came to heal these people. The brokenhearted. The brokenhearted. The NIV says to set the oppressed free. That's what we're supposed to be doing through the Spirit of Christ because Christ came to do that and he left his unfinished work for who? Us. Us. Have you been oppressed? Which is an exercise of authority or power in the burdensome. Have you ever been so oppressed that you just... This has become a, such a burden to me. I've been there. I've been there. Okay. Cruel or unjust manner. Mm-hmm. Dampen someone's spirit. Have you ever had your spirit dampened? You all that didn't say amen yes, call me when it happens. It's going to happen. Uh, yeah, you're going to get hit. You're going to take some hits in life. That's right. <laughs> That's it. But again, church, Jesus came to set you free. He also says in the message to set the burdened and the battered free. Burdened and battered. Come on, somebody. Say, I've been burdened and I've been battered. When they were singing those praise songs up here, you all know, wasn't you doing that? What you were saying is, I've been burdened and I've been battered. And I can recognize and I can feel the vibes from that song because some of you couldn't even sit there. It was hard to sit there because you recognized the pain that was in your life. Even though you might have been released of that pain, you recognize that pain. Yeah, somebody wanted to say, I've been there, done that. You see what I'm saying? And, and God recognizes that in you. He knows some of us have been burdened and battered. All right? And burdened is causes someone hardship or distress. Been there. A lot of worry and hard work. Hmm. Weighed down with a heavy load. Sometimes a heavy load. And you love me, say yes, Pastor. And it may not be your load you got to carry. God may put somebody in your loaf because the strong have to bear the infirmities of the weak. And so he may put that on you until they're strong enough to be able to walk on their own, right? 
Do you understand what I'm talking about, right? Or maybe you've been battered, suffering of repeated blows or punishment. And just, just kept being hit, kept being hit. And some of those young people, that, that bullying, they started there. And then they get in a relationship because they don't know their way out. And it keeps going, just keep battered, 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 suffering repeated blows. And sometimes blows are not physical blows. They're blows that come out of other people's mouths that hurt more than a physical blow. That's right. Or punishment. Sometimes we're battered by punishment by the people who are punishing us when we don't deserve to be punished. That's right. And, and, and that's a very bad Worn out. Falling to pieces. Falling to pieces. God sent Jesus to, to heal that. That's right. Set us free. He sent Jesus to heal that. And I'm out of breath. I was going to read the commentary. Read the commentary for me, please. You do not desire a sacrifice. He's talking about God. God does not desire a sacrifice. Or I would offer one. I'd give him one. I wish I could buy my way out of this. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. But I can give him that. I can give him that, DJ. I can give him a broken spirit. You see, because it ain't a one-time thing. You can get a broken spirit, and that spirit get healed and get broken again. Huh? So I can give him that. I'm glad that there's a place. Come on, that song said, there's a place I can go in prayer with a broken spirit. That's right. And I'm glad it ain't a one-time thing. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm glad every time my spirit gets crushed and broken, there's a place, there's a man called Jesus that's willing to heal me. Yeah. Amen. All right. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O oh God. The people might reject you, but God will not reject a what? A, a repentant a repentant and a broken heart. He don't care where you was at last night. That's right. He don't care what you've been done in your life wrong. He said, come and repent. Come to me, and I'll fix it for you. You see? Jesus taught that God blesses those who mourn. He blesses those. Y'all know the Beatitudes. He blesses those who mourn. He says, for they will be comforted. He said, I'll comfort them. God isn't looking for evidence of how good we are or how hard we try. He only wants us to mourn over our sins and admit our brokenness. Oh, he wants to say, Johnny, Johnny, say, Lord, here I am. Here's old sinner man like me, old wretched man that I am. Who can deliver me from this imprisonment that I'm walking in? That's what he wants. And he says, I love you, Johnny. Come unto me. I'll heal you of your brokenness. All right. And guess what, church? Then he will not ignore our needs, but will forgive us, comfort us, and cleanse us. He'll do that for you. Amen. God will do that for you this morning. Give God an amen. Give God an amen this morning. Ain't God good? Ain't he good this morning? How many of you believe and trust and want to stand in partnership with me. Amen. There is a bad spirit cast among our young people. It's called a spirit and older ones too, but it's really bad. It's called suicide. It's a bad spirit. It's a bad spirit. And it's destroying our people. And we're standing on the sidelines. No, we're going to get in the game. Because we have a weapon in the power and the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We have a weapon. 
Come up here and stand beside me. I need somebody to stand beside me. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We real this morning. We ain't here for no show, no performance this morning. Satan is killing people. He's causing people to hurt themselves, to kill themselves, and to wound themselves. And people are sitting on the sidelines, calling themselves Christians, but not in this church. We denounce that spirit out of this church because we know it's in here. We denounce that spirit out of this church. We denounce that spirit of suicide out of this church. We denounce even the thought and the ideal of it out of this church. And we free anybody in this church in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that's even thought about it in this church. And we're going to go tell a dying world that Christ wants you to live. And we want, he wants you to live. And we know you can live because he lives within us. And the same power he lives within us, he'll give you that power. In the name of Jesus Christ and them. From Overland Park to wherever that is out there that was on the news, to the inner city, to no matter what zip code, we want the spirit of life and the spirit, spirit of, of strength to hover over our people. And that there be no more of this. That not another person, not another person do that. That nobody lives hopeless in this church. Nobody lives hopeless around us. Because we're going to give them hope. But with our, with our lives, we can do that. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Satan, you a liar. And you the father of lies. But we denounce you. You liar, we cast you into hell this morning in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And all the church said, Amen. Amen.